You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey everyone, this is Mike. Uh, the Fin Fans Podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. All right, so it's Monday afternoon, and yesterday was the uh, Dallas Cowboy game. Uh, I have Lewis Ragone here to talk about it. Hey, Dolph fans, how are you? So, Mr. Ragone, what'd you think of the game? <laughs> well, 0-3, but there were a ton of positives that came from this game compared to games 1 and 2. Uh, there was improvement. Score looked a little bit better. I mean, 31 to 6 doesn't sound a lot better. <laughs> How far but, we fallen, Lewis? Exactly right. I mean, uh, expectations are, uh, you know, <laughs> are a little bit underwhelming here. But uh, there was improvement yesterday on both sides of the football. I felt that they played a much better game than they did in games one and two. Um, they were competitive for a nice half there. You know, the whole first half, we could have went into the, you know, in the halftime with a, with a lead. You know, if we had some unfortunate things happen. We, we failed. You know, week in and week out, we talk about shooting ourselves in the foot. Well, yesterday, I think we completely shot our feet off. We, we absolutely did. But again, you know, as we talk over the next half hour or so, uh, you know, we'll bring up more of the positives, more of the negatives and stuff. But um, overall... It was a much, much better game. Um, you know, we lost, again, we lost by 25 points, but they were competitive and they were competitive for, you know, a full half there. The second half, it kind of got away from them. But, uh, you know, for the most part, we showed, you know, we showed improvement. Uh, I like the aggressiveness of the coaching staff on the offensive side of the football. I know we talked about that in earlier podcast. You were going to say something, Mike? What did you think of Rosen? I mean, that's obviously the big story from yesterday. Well, you know, let me finish with the coaching staff. We'll uh-huh. get into Rosen from there. In regard to the, you know, the the fake, uh, I mean, the onside kick attempt and a lot of passing on first down and second down, it was great to see. And it was, you know, it was somewhat successful. I mean, obviously, when you score six points, you know, it doesn't look like it was overly successful, but time of possession, I don't have that number in front of me, but it had to be a hell of a lot better. 29 minutes, four seconds. Right. And that is a much better situation than what we've been in. And most of that came in the first half. I mean, we dominated them on both sides of the football during the first half of the game yesterday. And that was, that was a fun thing to watch. Now, Now, in regard to Rosen, uh, they put him in a great situation. And for the most part, again, you know, we're going back to we only scored six points over the course of the game. And it doesn't it doesn't look great when you look at the score. But there were improvements on on the offensive side. I felt that they put Rosen in the best possible position. And that was a major concern for both of us. You know, as we talked about this, we were like, my goodness, what are they putting this kid into? Yeah, I mean, the positive, Lewis, is he didn't fumble the ball. He didn't throw any interceptions. So from that aspect, he was phenomenal. Absolutely. And he basically recognized blitzes. He got rid of the football. He didn't take sacks and put us in bad situations like another quarterback did over and over again for for years. Uh, 
he did a very, very good job in regard to that. And there were times, like I said, where the coaching staff put him in a great situation. I saw early in the game in the first quarter where they had mass protection and they were able to get the ball down the field. You know, the blocking was very good up front early on in that game. You know, we had a couple of key injuries to the offensive linemen. Obviously, you know, the obvious one is Jesse Davis. But I think we lost um, Isadora as well, right, Mike, over the course of the game? Yes. Isadora had a foot injury and uh, Davis had a tricep injury. Right. So when you lose two out of the five offensive linemen, and and let's think about this for a minute. This is how thin we are on offensive line. We had a rookie guard, Dieter, moved over to left tackle once Davis left the game. Uh, So basically, he replaces Davis, and then, of course, he has to be replaced at left guard. But when you're turning to a rookie guard to fill the biggest need across your offensive line. It tells you something about where our depth is across that offensive line. It's, it's, it's scary. It really is scary. But, uh, you know, he, I know he struggled a little bit, which is, you know, which is expected, which is to be expected under those circumstances. Um, Overall, like I said, I thought, you know, I thought they played much better. There was improvement, and that's what we want as the season progresses. We want week-to-week improvement, and we, we did get it. All right. So you were happy with uh, Rosen's play overall? Yes and no. Uh, you know, I, I felt in the first half he was much better than he was in the second half. Now, some of that you have to, uh, contri- you know, you have to take into consideration that they were missing two offensive linemen most of the second half. But I felt that his uh, tenacity kind of went down a few levels. I you- agree with that completely. In the second half, you know, some batted balls. Um, he just didn't seemed to have the enthusiasm he had. He didn't have the quite the sense of urgency that you saw when he came out in the game, you know? He didn't have the same fire, if that makes sense. Exactly. Now, you know, maybe he got beat down a little bit by, you know, the Dallas's quick uh, uh, control of the game in the third quarter. I mean, that's possible. Maybe that played a little mental game with him. But whatever the case, he just didn't seem to me to be as aggressive and as into the game mentally as he was earlier. Right. And he tends to, and I, you know, as I watched him last year, he tends to get lazy on throws at times to where, you know, like for example, on the grant throw. Now he did a great job by getting away from pressure and he had grant open down the left sideline yes, and he just severely, yep. severely underthrew him. And he's got the arm strength to get it there. He just, he just made a bad throw and that could have been six points because grant was a, you know, beyond the, you know, beyond the corner and the safety just wasn't going to get there in time. Had he led him with the football we probably, as long as Grant catches the football, obviously, we could have probably had six points on that play. But again, there were a few other throws in that, that second half. That particular half that, throw, I'd want to see the pocket. I'd want to see what he was dealing with there before I accuse him of being lazy because he could have had somebody coming into him. Yeah, it wasn't. I On that particular throw, it wasn't so much a lazy throw. I just felt that he didn't get... He just didn't – he got away from the pressure, Mike. If you watch it again, he gets away from the pressure and he has an open field in front of him. Gotcha. And he just completely underthrows him. But, again, that's 
listen, this guy is still young. I felt that he did a very, very good job under the circumstances. And going forward, we've got to get improvement from him, obviously. We've got to get improvement from everybody. I mean, some of the guys failed him. You know, uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, Parker, you know, I know people are going to talk about the Drake fumble. And yes, you can't fumble inside the five yard line, uh, but it, it was on effort. You know, it wasn't on sloppiness. You know, he kind of turned his back to the play, and I think he banged into his own offensive lineman. And yeah, yeah Smythe, you know, uh, Smythe hit him. Yeah, and uh, the ball came loose, but. We wouldn't have been there had Parker held the ball on the play prior. I mean, he breaks wide open across the middle of the field. He probably catches that and runs that into the end zone and uh, flat out dropped the football. So he had a few circumstances. You know, Williams could have caught the touchdown pass as well. Uh, he got it knocked out right at the very, very end of that play. What so, a bang, bang play that was. Yeah, you know, it was it was interesting because, uh, and me and you talked about it yesterday, I felt that the coaching staff had nothing to lose by challenging the play. I mean, why not? I mean, just challenge it. If you lose it, great. There's three minutes left, be four minutes left before the half. You, so you lose one of your challenges and, and the half ends and so on and so forth. Because we, we know we've seen enough football to where when you challenge plays, you just don't know what the outcome is going to be. So why not? You know, give it a give it a shot. And the, you know, the refs didn't do a great job yesterday. Rosen got hit, uh, getting thrown out. You know, getting uh, as he was running out of bounds, he got nailed. He got nailed late. Number one and number two, he got hit in the head. He got uh, hit in know, the face mask, right, fe- right across the face mask. Exactly. I felt there were two opportunities to to throw a flag on that play. I mean, he was clearly running out of bounds. The guy, you know, eventually hits him out of bounds. And not only does he hit him out of bounds, but he hits him across the head. So yeah, he comes up with one arm right under his underarm, and uh, you know, with a forearm, and then with the other hand, he's basically smacking him across the face. Exactly. There was plenty of opportunity to throw a flag on that play, and then on the onside kick, I think they got the play call wrong. I mean, the uh, the penalty wrong because no, they didn't. Uh, they they didn't. didn't. I looked at that real closely this morning. What what the reason people think that's wrong? I believe. Uh-huh. is because of the way it's called. It's called offsides. Correct. But technically, that's not what it is. What it is is your line on, on kickoffs cannot move until the ball is kicked. Right. And what happened was the guy on the very end, number 31, actually just jumped it just a hair. Exactly. He was like one yep, just millisecond a half, half a beat too quick, and that's that's why he got called. Exactly. But you know, it's interesting, and I didn't know that, Mike. I mean, yeah. you learn something new every day. I've been watching football forever, and I didn't understand that. Well, they because, changed. That's a new rule. Oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. why because he was not. He was clearly not offsides. Correct. I mean, he did start a little bit earlier. But he he was not offsides, and of course, when they make the call as being offsides, you're looking at it and you're like, no, he wasn't across that exactly. line. He wasn't. Exactly. So that's the, that's the confusion there. So I guess now we, everybody out there has a better understanding of what you know what that situation is. Because honestly, I didn't, and I'm glad that you know you. Uh, yeah, I took a picture that, that, that I posted on Facebook, and you can see everybody's leg. All the guys has their leg back. His mm-hmm. legs are equal, so you can see that he actually was starting to go before everybody else was. You can see it on the on the picture. Gotcha, I gotcha. Um, 
you know, over the course of the game, Mike, you know, it, it's frustrating because Parker made a great catch early in the game. Makes it outstanding. Phenomenal. Phenomenal Makes catch. an outstanding play. But in the same quarter, he completely misses a block and somebody gets just completely annihilated on a running play. I mean, he, you know, it was obvious. You see him there. The guy blows right past him. He misses a block. He drops, he drops a potential touchdown pass later in the game. It's the inconsistencies that just drive that defines you. his career. Apt, exactly. He just drives you crazy. And the same thing, you know, I mean, you, you, could, you could say the same thing for Drake. Now, Drake did have the fumble, but aside from that, I felt he had an extremely good game. He was running hard. And it was interesting to see that the coaching staff again, which you know, I thought they did a great job in this game. They made some adjustments. Drake was was the uh, starter, and he played. I felt the majority of the game. Now I know their their carries were were somewhat close, but Drake was obviously the better running back yesterday. Um, when he was involved in the passing game, he looked so much better than Balaj has. Uh, which you know we've talked about because I feel he is the better player in those situations, and he ran hard. I mean, he only averaged a little bit over three yards a carry, but with this offensive line in front of you, that's that's a positive. You know, I felt he ran hard. He you know he did a pretty good job. You know, he was getting hit and he was carrying guys for a few yards, and uh, he put us in a position to where we weren't in second and nine, second and 10, second and 13s. You know, it was usually second and sevens or second and sixes when we did run the ball on first or second down. So I felt that was a positive. Um, You know, the, I mean, the offensive line, it's really, really hard to uh, evaluate them, you know, when you lose starters like that. Well, you know, we we talked about this before, Lou. When when you watch Bellage. He doesn't make people miss that. And I feel, I don't know if people agree with me or not, but I feel he runs too tall. He doesn't run behind his pads. Right. Uh, so he's not running with the power that he could run with. Mm-hmm. And uh, with Drake, it's just a matter of discipline. That's all right. it is. You know, it's discipline. He's, he's got to know when to do what. And sometimes he doesn't. And uh, it costs him. Uh, right. You know, like when you're when you're in a crowd like that, you know, you got to protect the football with two hands. Well, he wasn't doing that, and that's why he fumbled it. Exactly. He did the little spin move. Yep. And uh it was in a lot of traffic and it, it, you listen, it was unfortunate. It was on sheer effort. It wasn't I mean, there was a, a bit of sloppiness involved, but Oh, I you know, I don't think it's a matter of effort with either one of them. I think they both are, are in fact the whole team yesterday I thought played with a lot of effort to be honest with you. They did. And you know, it what was interesting, Mike, you know, that that we've got to touch on in regard to this whole situation is the fact that Balage wasn't in inside the 5-yard line. You would think that at that point, yep. Balage is going to be he's the bigger guy you would think that he'd be the guy running the football at that point. And what was interesting was the fact that Drake was the guy getting the carry there. And, you know, I always felt that Balaj was going to be used in those short yardage situations, and he wasn't. So, well, you know, the coach made a statement earlier in the week saying he was going to play whoever had the hot hand. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. So gotcha, maybe, gotcha. maybe he just felt like Drake was running better yesterday, and that's it, why he was in there. 
It's possible, you know, as, but as the game goes on and you watch it with other teams, there are circumstances and situations where they usually bring in the bigger guy, you know, down by, I mean, that's been going on forever. So I, it was curious as to the reasoning behind Drake being in there. And, you know, you may, you may have just had the answer in regard to that. So, you know, uh, you know, on the offensive side, you know, there, there wasn't really a lot. I mean, I felt that, uh, Grant played a much better game yesterday. At least he caught in most of his passes. Yeah, right? in parts. On the hot read, he he did drop a ball where Rosen recognized the blitz coming from his side, and he he got the ball to Grant, and Grant dropped it. You yep. know, he, he threw it at 90 miles an hour, but you've got to catch that football. you got to catch it. you got to catch it. But he did make a lot of catches. He had, I think, four catches for maybe 30 yards. I mean, it wasn't anything – overly impressive but for the most part he held on to uh the majority of the passes thrown he looked a lot better than he has i'll tell you that much because he hasn't looked good at all well remember he didn't he didn't have a preseason right exactly he didn't and um you know i mean wilson hopefully comes back next week which will be a help um what was interesting is is Giuseppe, you know, it, it's hard to get our tight ends involved in plays because I think they're blocking. They're blocking, and and the same with the running backs. Uh, you know, Drake had three catches for thirty-four yards. I mean, that's a nice game. You know, you're averaging over ten yards every time you you catch the football out of the backfield. So that's a pretty nice game for him. But there was so many situations where. The Dolphins were going the mass protection and, you know, the tight ends in, they're keeping a running back in. So it makes it really, really difficult. And, you know, going forward, hopefully we can, you know, get more guys out in the patterns and and create a little bit more. You know, in those situations, Mike, when you're mass protecting and you've got everybody in your receivers, the three receivers that are out in routes have to have to have to win those battles. You, you know, you just took the words out of my mouth, and that's exactly right. But the problem is, when you do max protect like that, you've got more people in coverage that are covering fewer people. So exactly, it makes it tougher on the receivers. And, and for that reason, you know, you had Williams yesterday. He had four receptions. He was targeted twelve times. You had uh, Grant. He had uh, four receptions. He was targeted seven times, and Parker three and six times. So you right. know, it, it makes a difference. You're not you, like when you look at Cooper. He was targeted seven times. He had six receptions. You know what I mean? Exactly. It makes a big difference. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Rosen was eighteen of thirty nine. I yep. mean, he threw. He threw more incompletions than he did completions. So, yeah. you know, it, t- it tells the story, you know, and before I want to talk about the defense a little bit, Mike, but before, sure. but before we move over to that, uh, I felt Fitzpatrick, you know, coming in and, and it's great to see what he did because that's what he does do. He creates that, that one pass that he had, I believe it was to O'Leary. Was uh-huh. it to O'Leary? Yes, the it was. It, it was 19, just 20 yard pass. It was just all on him. I mean, he avoids two guys and he gets the ball down the field, and it was one of our bigger pass plays of the day. I mean, it was it was great to watch, and, and that's the element that he brings to the game. Now, you want to see Rosen. You have to see him because we have to see what we have in him. We have to see if this guy, by the end of the season, is a guy that, wow, we, we feel really, really comfortable with going into next year's draft 
maybe going in a different route. So you have to evaluate him, not only in practice, but in these games. And I felt overall he did a, a pretty good job, but he has to improve. He has to get better as the season progresses. Um, but again, you know, Fitzpatrick, you know, I, you love what he brings to the game. He comes in there, he's you know, he's cold off the bench and he makes a big play for us. And and that you got to love. So well, I, I graded Rosen a C yesterday. Okay. And everybody on the page got on me, you know, because the offensive line and this and that and the other thing, the receivers are dropping balls. What they don't realize is I get all that. Right. But I, I was grading Rosen on his performance. Okay. Uh, second play of the game, he's got Grant, Grant misses him by five yards, okay? That wasn't the offensive line, and that wasn't the receiver. That was him. Yes. So I'm grading him on what he's doing. No, nothing affected that play other than a bad throw. Exactly. Okay, so people have to understand that. When I say something like that, I'm not picking on the guy. I'm not oblivious to what's going on around him, but I'm grading him on his play. Exactly. And that that's that <laughs> C is a fair C is a fair grade. Listen, no touchdowns, no interceptions. That's right. Two hundred yards passing. And let me tell you what was so nice to see. I'm sorry to cut you off, but no, I gotta go say it. Good. His pocket presence. He had awareness. It yes. was such a beautiful thing to see. Yes. Oh I mean <laughs> it when you look at him and you look at what we've been dealing with. And, and this is what people have to understand, because I know there were a ton of Tannehill fans out there, and they backed him up at every turn. But when you watch this guy, he's head and heels. And people are going to be like, oh, you're crazy. He's not head and heels. Above. Yes, he is. In, in what we're talking about right now, Mike, pocket awareness, right. the thing you just mentioned, he's head and heels above what Tannehill ever was. He gets rid of the football. He understands that the pocket's going to break down. Now, obviously, you can't, you're going to get sacked. I mean, you're it's as simple sacked, as that. You're going to fumble, but he's going to do it less times because he is more aware. He gets rid of the football. He understands. I mean, how many times did we watch Tannehill look at a guy? I mean, he's right in front of him. You see that the guy's blitzing off the corner, and he still just basically just takes a sack. Rosen recognized it, got the ball in the flat to Grant. Granted, it wasn't a, a, a big play. Grant wound up dropping the football. But the point of the matter is, is we're talking about Rosen right now, and he recognized that. Right. And he recognizes the fact that the pocket is breaking down around him. And uh, I, I felt he did an outstanding job there. But the C grade, Mike, getting back to that, I, I think it's more than fair because he had he had an average game. You know, it's as simple as that. When he starts throwing, you know, two touchdowns and you can just basically completely blame the offensive line for his difficulties. Right. Yes, he'll get a better grade, but right. he was responsible for, you know, some of the some of the there were plays left on the field. He had some hiccups. The grand right. play downfield being one of them. You know, yes. he had some hiccups. So you know, you got to account for that. You don't just get a free pass on those. No more than Drake gets a free pass for the fumble. Listen, quarterbacks around the league, Mike, make plays. I watched so much football yesterday. And I'm watching guys like Deshaun Watson, and I'm watching this kid, Kyle Murray, and I'm watching Josh Allen. 
And these guys, even when there's breakdowns across the board, are still making plays. And that's what you want out of your quarterback. Perfect example in our game is Fitzpatrick. There were yeah. break there were breakdowns. He got away from two pass rushers and created a play downfield that was one of our bigger offensive that's plays of the that's game. That's what you're expected to do. That's what you have to do in <laughs> yes. today's NFL. You have to get that done. And if you can't, then you are not going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. These guys are all, they're all athletes now. And Rosen has to prove that he can do things in a way to where we're going to be successful on the offensive side of the ball. It's that simple. And let's hope that he gets to that point as the season progresses. Exactly. Um, but I don't think I don't think they're not drafting a QB. I just want to say that out to everybody. And you have, I, yeah. <laughs> I, and I'm going to keep saying it because I keep hearing, oh, well, maybe he's the guy. No, he's not the guy. Right, and and you know what, Mike, I, I saying he's not the guy may be a little bit premature, and people may take that the wrong way that you're giving well, up. Well, they they may you're... take it the wrong way because no, I'm not giving up for him, on him. But right. what I'm saying is, at the very least, they're going to draft somebody, and there's going to be a quarterback competition. I I I agree with you 110. percent I just don't want people to uh misconstrue what you're what you're trying to say what you're saying is is that they're going to draft a quarterback one way or another for the reasons i just mentioned because there are athletes now playing that quarterback position that that are just incredible athletes and incredible players and they they create now whether rosen develops into that that sort of guy remains to be seen so by the end of the year we'll have a true evaluation of evaluation of him as fans much like the coaches see every day in practice, because like you said in an earlier podcast, I think that the coaching staff and the organization as a whole, I think know exactly what they have in him. You know, they're putting him in a situation to to take the job or not take the job and, to, you know, to evaluate him in game situations. And that's where we're at. And again, you know, it's, it's early. We're three games in, we have 13 more games to go. We all know a lot can happen in football. Yep. It's a 14 game edition. It's not a one game edition. It's exactly. a 14 game edition. Absolutely. And, and they want him to do well. I agree. Okay. I agree. They Everybody wanna, does. Well, they want him to. Uh, you know, when I say he's not the guy, you have to understand where I'm coming from. They want him to do well, and they want him to do well for various reasons. Uh, obviously, he's going to have some trade value if he does well. Right. There. There's right. There's another situation, and like I said just a minute ago, Mike. There's a lot of football left. Yes. A lot of things can happen between now and the end of the season. Uh, you know, so we'll just see how it see how it goes. I mean, again, there there were positives from yesterday. He played better than I thought he would under the circumstances. Same here. So Same I, here. I'm happy, and you know, I've I've been negative on him, and I'll be the first one to give him credit for yesterday's game. You know, I mean, that's just the way it works. I mean, he he exceeded what what I thought was gonna was gonna take place yesterday. I'm not you know, overly ecstatic about, you know, his play yesterday, but it was better than I thought it would be. He had poise. Exactly. And I think we both doubted that he would. Exactly. Exactly. No turnovers. That's a big key as well. So, and it kept us in that game for a while. You know, it really did. You know, that, that situation. Now uh, let's, let's go over to the defense for a little bit. Um, 
You know, in regard to the defense, I felt that the secondary as a whole, for the most part, did an outstanding job because there were times where Prescott had 10 seconds to throw and he could not find people downfield. It happened on numerous occasions. So as a whole, I felt the secondary did a great job. The pass rush was absolutely pathetic. Uh, by all means, I felt that they did an absolutely horrible job and they got beat up across the defensive line as well in regard to Dallas being able to run the football. Now, that was expected, but the pass rush in situations where you know they're going to be passing the football was just non-existent and um, that's a problem. But with that being considered, I felt the secondary did a very good job. The guy that was very disappointing yesterday was our best defender. Uh, Xavier Howard just got toasted. uh, Time and again. Time Time and again. I mean, they isolated Cooper on him, and Cooper beat him at every turn. Every time they needed a big play, Cooper came up with it. You take him out of the equation. Well, Wiltz, Wiltz was not overly impressive either. The, uh, the other guys back there, I thought, played well. Hey, guys, I wanted to break in here real quick just to ask a favor of you. On the app that you're listening on, uh, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit like, leave a, a comment on your thoughts of the show. And uh, if you didn't know, we do, we do run a Facebook group. Uh, it's Miami Dolphins number one. That's hashtag one. We talk uh, Dolphins football 24 7, 365. We'd love to have you join us and share your thoughts. And uh, once again, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, let's make it a habit. We'll see you next week. Right. I, you know, like I said, there were times where Prescott had all day to throw, he ran around back there. And they were doing a good job of coverage down the field. I mean, the tight ends, basically, for Dallas were non-existent yesterday. Uh, The backs out of the backfield. And this is always a concern for me, Mike, going into games because of the fact that we just don't have great linebackers in regard to coverage. Agreed. Uh, Yesterday, you didn't see Zeke or any of the running backs or the tight ends just destroying us down the field. So I felt that they did a very, very good job. And, you know, you take Cooper out of the passing game, and honestly, what did they have yesterday? There wasn't an awful lot. I mean, it was all it was all him, you know. So, yeah. you know, overall, I felt the defense played better. They kept us in that game. I mean, before half, we really should have had the lead, and uh, we went into halftime with, with a very, very – very, very good situation, and I felt the defense did a really good job because the offense, again, was failing us. You know, they weren't putting points on the board. So You know, they've been playing McMillan at uh, right outside linebacker, and right. I thought for the second week in a row, he had a pretty solid game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, maybe they've got something there, so... We'll, we'll see as the season progresses, but there, there was improvement. Um you know, some of the, you know, think about it. You know, Roe had just an absolutely horrible game last week, and I felt that he played better he played this well week. yesterday, yes. You know, he had a pretty solid game, and um, uh, McCain had a nice interception. 
Yep. I felt he played a decent game. So, you know, overall, Mike, you know, the 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 defense I felt did a very, very good job. Now, obviously the score thirty one to six, they came out, they went right up the field on us. Well, I mean, if we're um, gonna criticize the defense, it's gonna be for pass rush. I mean, aside from that, I thought they held their own. And run defense, Mike. I mean, they had yeah, two guys yeah. go over 100 yards on Agreed. us. And they averaged, I mean, they averaged like seven yards a carry. That's absurd. Yep. It's absurd. You can't, you know, I mean, there were too few and far between times where they were hitting them for a loss or hitting them for no gain. I mean, this these guys averaged seven yard over seven i believe they averaged over seven yards a carry yesterday that's absurd the two yeah, running backs they had baker at middle linebacker and i don't think that worked out so well well yeah i mean that they've got to they've got to improve and you know games are won and lost across the you know the line of scrimmages we talk about that all the time and um you know unfortunately we're a little short-handed on both sides of the football across both the offensive and defensive line. And that's something that has to be addressed. And, you know, we'll we'll get – hopefully there's a few guys here that we can build upon. I mean, obviously, you know, Wilkins and Dieter are two guys that come to mind on both sides of the football. And, and both side, both guys were inconsistent yesterday. Well, Dieter was bad, but that, was, that wasn't really his fault. He was put in a position not to succeed. But Correct. Uh, Wilkins was inconsistent on the defensive side. Right. It's well, you know, going Mike, everybody's responsible. Those those front seven are hundred and ten responsible for, you know, seven yards of carry running the football. Oh, no doubt. I mean no doubt. if if they did a little bit better job in regard to the running game, this game would have been a hell of a lot closer. Let's remember too, they were playing an outstanding offensive line. So No question. There's no you, question. You have to about take that it. into account as well. There's no question about it. I mean, it's one of the, it may be the very best offensive line in football. And uh, like I said, they ran the ball all over us. But all considered, you know, the secondary, I think, and think about the fact that you lost one of your starters in Fitzpatrick back there and the fact that Rashad Jones was not playing yesterday as well. And you have to give them even more credit. You know, the coaching staff and the guys that were involved yesterday. I mean, they did a very, very good job, minus basically two guys that they were planning on starting once the season started. I mean, with Fitzpatrick now being gone, somebody had to step in for him. And with Rashad Jones not playing for a second week, obviously somebody had to step in for him. And as a whole, I thought they did a pretty good job. Now, you can say that the you know the defensive scheme and the coaching may have had a lot to do with it because they were confusing Prescott to some extent, and that may be the case. But regardless of the fact, the guys on the field were not out of position. You didn't see guys running wide open all over the place, which we have seen over the first couple of weeks. It was more of a you know situation where they were isolating Cooper on Xavier, and Xavier didn't do a good job yesterday. It's simple as that. Right. I, I don't think that's coaching. I think that was Howard having a bad game. Maybe a little lack of safety help, but, you know, they had to make choices and he's their best cover guy. So, yes. you know, you, you can understand lack of safety help to a point. Yes. But once he started getting toasted, maybe they should have made some adjustments there. I can't say, but 
You no, ex- I, I haven't seen the coaching film, so I don't know what else they were doing with those safeties. But you expect Xavier to, you know, to make to make some plays. And um, yesterday it was a very, very one sided battle. One sided. Yeah. Uh, Cooper got the best of them, and yeah. you know, hey, week to it week, happens to the best of them. It, 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 there's no question about it. But going forward, Mike, he's got to do a better job because he's got to do a better job. Every week, there's going to be a number one. And depending on how they decide to defend, he's a guy that's supposed to be a shutdown guy and take a guy off the field so it frees up some of the other guys. That's why he's getting paid the big money. And he, you know, he got a nice contract there and he's got to play up to that now. You know, it's that simple. So I think he'll rebound. I mean, I'm not overly concerned with him. I mean, if we start seeing this week to week, and it's funny because it's a copycat league, so you may see right, of you know, San Diego next week with Keenan. Keenan Allen's coming in, and that guy is no joke. He may even be better than Amari Cooper. So he is going to have his hands full, and you can expect San Diego to maybe do the same exact thing, and, and Xavier's got to be up to the task. He's got to play better. There's no question about it. Well, they don't give you that paycheck for nothing. Exactly. All right. Any other thoughts on uh, yesterday's game that you'd like to express? Uh, I think we pretty much covered everything. Um, You know, again, you know, there was improvement, and that's all we can ask for in this team. I will say this, Mike, uh, you know, to all the fans out there, and me and you touched on this yesterday, you know, Pittsburgh's now 0-3. Yep. So – as you as their season progresses, all Dolphin fans out there should be monitoring how they play week to week because boy, I'll tell you what, if they wind up losing and continuing to lose, we get two number one draft picks in the top ten next year. I mean, that does nothing but help us even more so. So that Fitzpatrick trade, whoever was down and out about that. The more Pittsburgh loses, the better that situation becomes. So Yeah, I saw some website projected that we'd have the third and the fourth pick and we would take the uh, quarterback, uh, Tunga Bailoa, and right. uh, uh, one of the defensive ends that's highly touted. Wow, yeah, and that helps you on both sides of the football. But I don't know how they got us to drafting – put us, where was it, three? Third and fourth, yeah. Third and fourth. So they're saying that two teams are going to finish worse than we do this year. And I'm not so sure about it. Who was it that they was. I think it was Cincinnati and the Jets. I I don't remember exactly, but I think that's what it was. Well, you know, what's funny is is that we play the Jets twice, so we're going to have a lot to say in regard to, you know, who finishes in front of who. Now (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> you that know, could that could be a fun game. <laughs> that could be a fun game. I think the Jets have a lot more talent than we do I, up front across yes, the defensive yes. and offensive lines. You know, they have Le'Veon Bell. They have some good secondary players, you know, the guy in, in their Jets secondary. So, you know, I think that the Jets are in a position now to where they're, they don't have Darnold. As a matter of fact, they're down there to third-string quarterback. They've had a pretty tough schedule so far. Um, you know, Buffalo's a better team than they are. It's simple as that, you know, and they, they proved that when they beat them last week. Um, but I think the Jets are a better football team than us. I don't know how we, we wind up finishing behind them. Cincinnati, they've played well, 
you know, again, we'll see how the season progresses. Yeah, like you said, there's a lot of football left. There's a lot of football left. But, again, getting back to my point, Pittsburgh, you got to root for them to lose every week, Dolphin fans. That's what we got to root for. So, All right. Fins up, Lewis. (laughs) Fins up, Mike. All right, so that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the FinFans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. 